0: to another episode of Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon anime and we have a yummy snack. I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So Tracy, why don't you tell us about today's snack? So
1: today we are just going to have um, different flavors of Kit Kat. So <laughs> for more information on the history of Kit Kat... Go back to episode seven, I think, where we originally had Matcha Kit Kat. So we have a variety of Kit Kats. I think there's salt, lychee, there might be a lemon. Someone might have a dark chocolate, I think. And yeah, so tons of different flavors that we can review
0: today. Today, for our very special finale episode of season one, We have two returning special guests with us. We have Liz and Karina. So hi, everybody. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming back. Hello. Hello. It's great to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited. Thanks for having me again. And you both have been on several times. So listeners, if you want (laughs) to hear back about their histories, (laughs) go back to like the first two episodes of the show or three episodes of the show. um, Or there's a bunch of episodes in between. Uh, And as I mentioned, it's our final episodes of season one. So we have made it all the way to episodes 40. Where's the number? 45. (laughs) 44 and 45. (laughs) Episode 44 is Usagi's Awakening, a message from the distant past. And episode forty. Wait, no, that's not It's right. actually 45. 45. Oh, I hit six. the wrong button. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. you know what? I'm sorry, Brent. Brent, fix the beginning.
2: He's earning his paycheck this time. <laughs> <laughs> and Brent's, like, adding those to the list of things Karina
0: said. I hit the wrong button, and then I'm like, what is going on? Okay, so I'm just going to start over from... um. Do we want to yeah. just start over? <laughs> yeah, let's just start over. I'm sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah, let's do that. It's, it's yeah, early in the morning. Oh, right. Tracy,
2: if you do want to talk about what Kit Kat flavors I have, I have caramel cookie yep. dough and gold. Ooh, what is tukito. gold? It says caramelized white gold. Ooh. I'm quite excited. It sounds interesting. <laughs> I bought them all because why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, starting over because clearly the tea hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, i so excited.
0: Cups. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, here we go again. Take Welcome. two, action. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to another episode of Sailor Snacking the podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon anime, and we have a yummy snack. I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So, Tracy, why don't you tell us about this, today's snack?
1: (laughs) So, today is a celebration of Kit Kat, so we're going to try a variety of different flavors. If you are interested in the history of Kit Kat, we've also talked about Kit Kat in Episode 7, where we've reviewed um, Matcha Kit Kats. Um, But today we have salt, lychee, salt, lemon, caramel, cookie dough, and gold, which could be really, really good, really, really bad. I mean, it's
0: got Midas, recommends it, maybe. (laughs) Uh, and today for our special final episode of season one, we have two returning special guests with us. We have Liz and Karina. So welcome back to the show, guys. Hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, they've both been on several times. So please go back to earlier episodes for their histories with Sailor Moon. You know, like the first two, three, four episodes we've had them on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Today I'm having a really hard time talking Which is great for doing a podcast uh, We are going to be discussing As I mentioned the last two episodes Of Sailor Moon Season 1 Episode 45 Death of the Sailor Guardians The tragic final battle And episode 46 Usagi's eternal wish A brand new life Oof, These episodes Still get me right in the feels Like oh my god <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so, we'll start with episode 45, uh, the death of the Sailor Guardians. Um, so, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder what happens. So, as we mentioned in the last uh, episode, it kind of picks up almost right where episode 44 ends, uh, where the Senshi are determined to now just end everything and uh, take the fight to Barrel.
1: Not really. So, I was really confused because... Suddenly she instead of just like going in, she's like making curry for her family.
0: Yeah. I thought that was really sweet because I think <laughs> she, she knows that she's about to go to D Point in the Arctic to fight Queen Beryl and she doesn't know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. So she's like, I gotta do something nice for my family and make them a dinner, even though it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Which of and you know, like then she starts teasing Ray about, you know, did you kiss Uchihiro before we go? Like she's she's trying as like terrified that Usagi is about what's happening next. I think she's trying to still keep everybody's spirits up as much as she can. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is so Usagi.
2: <laughs> it was so sad to see Luna and Artemis still hurt. Hmm. Like it just it broke my heart, and just to see how sad they are in general. That the world is so dire with everything going on. That people are actually aware in general that something is happening.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something that they didn't have in the English version. Um, I, I don't think that they even mentioned the sunspots on the sun uh, on the sun. Did they in the English version? Does anybody remember? I don't, think, I don't so. think
3: so. And then I'm wondering, okay, so... I think I essentially this whole episode doesn't happen in the English version. No. Like, no. And I <laughs> totally get why mm-hmm. when you look at the audience that it was being marketed to. Even though, I, you know, it's obviously pretty anticlimactic to, en- to end your, like, this huge long season and then cut off half of the ending as they did in that Deke dub, but uh, mm-hmm. I totally get it. I do totally get it, re-watching it now as an adult. It's like, oh, no, I wouldn't let my seven-year-old watch this. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no. And then, no. like, the sp- so the spots on the
1: sun, wouldn't. I don't think they would actually cause any earthquakes on Earth. No. No, no. no. so that was a little no. weird. I mean, like, they might cause some weather changes. I know that there's some, like, science behind that and possible climate change but <laughs> nothing nothing that like severe
2: that was happening mm. i don't think i, I <laughs> don't think it s- could I possibly I interrupt think... telecommunications but i don't think we were really as reliant on cell towers in the early 90s yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I,
0: I don't think science has much to do with it i think it's uh the sunspots were uh signs of metallia showing up and i guess the mm like her revival. So I guess the, the earthquakes and everything had to do with that. But I really liked that they showed uh, the consequences to the normal world of what happens if Vitalia comes back. Yeah. Because up mm-hmm. till now, it's just been like, Oh, your favorite stores are going to have a 90% off sale and there's going to be a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um,
3: it's, it's And you wonder, you know, In these towns where monsters keep attacking, how how is this not like totally common knowledge that there are monsters, they are from outer space or something? It's like most people just seem to like shrug it right off like it doesn't happen.
2: (laughs) Mm. I think so when we look at it from perspective in 2020 is that we're, you know, if this was to happen now, everyone would have their cell phone out recording it. Versus this time frame, if you didn't see it and it didn't get captured randomly by a camera that happened to be there, did it really happen? No, it didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, and how much of that footage, like, was destroyed? Like when the photographer guy turns into a monster, like his <laughs> or his camera turns into a monster, uh, yeah. like those pictures aren't getting developed.
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, gone. geez, picture developing—that's a throwback.
3: Yeah, that film is totally ruined. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. oh, oh yes. my god
1: <laughs> and then everyone seems to like so if people are involved they almost mm-hmm. like wake up and they don't remember what happened it's like they did way too many shots at tequila or something
3: yeah
1: yeah but having the having their person, energy drained yeah yeah i mean the people who have a an idea of what is actually happening are the monsters with the seven rainbow crystals.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but they almost are ashamed of talking about it, I think. At least that's what it seems like.
0: But really, the only monster who remember, or the only human who remembers being a monster is is Ryo, Ami's boyfriend. The other ones don't seem to remember or acknowledge. Right? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I think it and is I- only Rio. yeah. And I feel like outside of Ryu, even if the other people did remember, would they actually believe it had happened? Or would they think it was some kind of weird episode?
0: I would think it'd be like a repressed memory, like when you undergo a trauma and you have like selective Mm -hmm. amnesia. I mean, I think turning into a monster is pretty damn traumatic. So Mm -hmm. you probably your brain would just like, I'm going to suppress all this so that you don't go nuts. Yeah. Mm hmm. Because even I, I I'm always going to go back to Matoki's um, girlfriend. What's her name? Rico. When she's like in Africa digging, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, freaking Mamoru appears in front of her. She's like, <laughs> "Who are you?" And I'm like, "It's <laughs> Mamoru. You know him." <laughs> he, yeah. He's just wearing a fancy costume. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you turn
3: into a monster, like your. Your, the pathways in your brain probably move around because your head is a different shape and a different size and then it and then they move back and who knows what gets lost.
0: Exactly. Whoa, I've never even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a fun idea for like a fan fiction, like a conspiracy theory fan fiction from the point of view of like a, a doctor in the ER who's constantly dealing with all these people coming in with selective amnesia and passing out and, you know... Yeah. severe dehydration or whatever, and then he's like, I gotta get down to the bottom of this and starts to like do his own investigation into what's happening in Juban.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds it. really funny. But I he, he needs like Detective Pikachu to help.
0: <laughs> yes. I love that movie. <laughs> like a crossover. Over, over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh I feel like we don't really want to talk about what happens in this episode because uh, it's yeah. really sad. Okay. Oof. Yeah, this one's oh. heavy. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we'll start with something cool. They get sailor teleport, and I love the animation for that. It is so
2: destructive.
0: Like, they destroy the ground. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) That's That's to show you how powerful it
0: is. Yes, agreed. And I love that the cats stay, well, I don't love that they stay behind. Well, I do love that they stay behind because I don't want them to die. But I like that they're worried about them the whole time. But they're also feeling kind of confident that, you know, we've trained them. They can do this, you know They have the confidence to send them off Um, yeah. And then the very first thing We see is Sailor Moon going, it's so cold <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Why don't they have A winter version of their outfits? I mean, they oh. have a disguise pen, so why are they freezing? Like, have a winter version with sleeves, ladies Yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe and a nice, and, like,
2: pants <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah, because it does snow In Japan, so I mean, it takes total sense For them to be able to have, like, seasonal Costumes mm-hmm. Like, if they were, like, on the equator or someplace where it doesn't get any severe changes in weather, like we do here in Canada, and I guess they do in Japan, never having been there, I don't know. Um, That would make more sense if they didn't have other costumes, but, like, a Canadian superhero definitely would have, like, a parka. Yeah, (laughs) all the
1: time, though. Just not, like... Yeah. 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 And then if it was warm out, that parka would become, like, a weapon, right? (laughs) like Roll it up into a ball and then like throw it at the enemy and they'd be like,
3: ah, it's so warm. Yeah. It it would become like a snowsuit, but like a baby snowsuit where it turns you into a starfish and then it's just like stuck.
2: It's a new power for Ami. She can just (laughs) shake out the downfill.
0: It's downfill blast. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So Queen Barrel sent the DD girls who are awesome looking monsters. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: and I think in the, in English, they, in the English Deke version, they, uh, call them the doom and gloom, doom and gloom girls, which I think are kind of cool. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
0: I have really, I'd probably watched these two at the, or when it was in Deke, the one episode many times, because I have really good memories of the Deke version of this, mm-hmm. of these episodes. Um, and yeah, I really, it's like dragging my feet because I don't want to get to what happens next.
3: Well, they all die. They start that? dying off. Yeah, really <laughs> oh, quickly. Really quickly, In, but but
0: pretty heroically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that all of them take out a Yuma, except for Mars, who takes out two.
1: She takes mm-hmm. out two, which is
0: yeah. badass. Yeah. Yeah. she yeah. is Mars. I mean, it's yeah. Ray. So Jupiter's the first to go. Um. I love that she's like, you think you could attack me with electricity? And like just zaps them back. hmm
1: Okay, so can we talk about how okay, so they string up a fake tuxedo mask <laughs> and Sailor Moon <laughs> <laughs> falls for it twice. Yeah. twice so <laughs> enough. But oh. then Jupiter falls for the same trick when they string up Andrew or yep. Matoki.
0: <laughs> yeah, fall for it, she hesitates for a second. And then she's not like Usagi, where she runs toward it. She just kind of it takes her back for a second, and that's well, the, the hesitation that they yeah. need to get
3: her. Yeah. Still, she just watched Usagi do it twice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Points to the monsters for knowing that Mars
0: wouldn't fall for that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, because Mercury destroys their ability to create those illusions. Oh yeah. So Mars true. they couldn't have done it to Mars and, and Venus. True, true. Yes. Um so they do it for Moon and Jupiter. Uh and then they try to do it for Mercury. And this was one of the things I love I love Mercury's bravery in this episode. Like I think she doesn't mm-hmm. she's a very brave senshi, and I don't think she gets a lot of credit for that. Like the episode where she goes after nephrite on her own. Mm-hmm, um yeah. and when she goes after uh, Endymion on her own to to protect Ryo. And now this one where she's like, um, she sends her friends off and is like, I'll hold them off. Knowing full well she does not have the powers to do it. Like, she knows she's going to die. But yes. she's trying to give them um, a head start. And I'm like, oh, I love you so much, Ami. You're such a mm-hmm. sweet
1: And she sees through it. So it's pretty... F- it- I thought it was pretty interesting when they string up Ryu and she's like, oh, I can see these illusions too. She doesn't fall for it, but she recognizes that she can see the illusion.
0: Yeah. And I love that she uses her shabon spray on herself so that she can get into the lava without her getting hurt. That's mm. why she's blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then uses her computer to crack the illusion power. I'm like, oh. And then she dies. And she dies by herself, which makes me so sad. When Mako Mm -hmm. dies, she gets those last few words into Usagi, um, which is awful for Usagi. But Ami dies alone. Like, she doesn't have any of her friends around her when that happens.
3: Yes, but that's also the choice
0: that she made. I know, I know. And
3: I think it's a, like, kind of how you said how she's so brave and she doesn't get the credit for it because she's quiet and she's kind of sits in the background and is introverted, but actually she's the one holding this group together and mm-hmm. she's the one, you know, knowing full well, her powers are only so strong as going off to yeah hold them
0: off to give them time. So I, I, I mean, we'll get through the other two deaths soon, but I find Mercury's death and Mars' death the saddest, honestly.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They're the ones that we were with the longest, and they, I think, have a little more of an emotional stab. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, And I love that the whole time, Usagi's losing it. Like, yeah. She never thought that she would be at this point and her friends dropping like flies, basically. Yeah. And she's She's just like, we're going to give you the damn crystal. Just stop killing my friends.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And her friends have always been the ones to save her. And they've always been coming back for her. So she's never really been truly alone. But when they're dying, like they're gone.
0: Yeah. Which is what I think makes this episode so much more impactful than the Deke version where they're just captured. Mm -hmm. And again, like you were saying, Liz, totally understand why they did it that way for the Mm -hmm. audience. Yeah. But, like, this just, is just, like, you get down right to the bone of it in this one. Yeah. It's
3: better, and it's it's a better story. It's it's a much better story in this version um, than in the kind of watered-down version, even though, again, I, I totally get why they did it. It was, but it, it does water down the ending a lot. <laughs> I just think that it's, like... Their deaths happen so
1: quickly Um, That's so traumatizing And yet they still walk into it Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like Mako dies And I don't know Like that was really hard to just keep going after that point I think for all of them
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah Yeah it almost feels like after Mako dies, the the other three know. Okay, we're all going to die. Where then they're almost resigned to it at that point, except for Usagi, who is still fighting it.
3: Yeah, agreed. I agree. Because Usagi I mean, doesn't want to doesn't want to do it by herself, and she doesn't think she's ready, but obviously she is. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and the she thing is, loves yeah. them so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm and the the way that these these yuma attack like it's not really how they've ever been attacked before so like they don't even have the the senshi don't even have a chance to like regroup and come up with a plan or a strategy like yeah mm. it's like guerrilla I mean, tactics
2: i mean <laughs> i <laughs> think like it definitely out. shows how desperate they are when you see mercury slap sailor moon before she goes off like that's yes. not typical ami behavior yeah and she apologizes right away, but you know they're in a bad place when Ami is acting like that because that's not her default setting. Mhm. Yeah. Ugh. I think that's why it's so important that
1: each of the Sailor Senshi at least take one of these um, DD girls with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're just trying to give Sailor Moon a fighting
0: chance to like get to the end,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even they know
0: if- that it's it's the crystal that's going to end it, and so. Yeah, their role is to get the crystal and Usagi to Barrel to defeat her.
2: Yeah, and I think Venus says that, where she says something along the lines of, like, you need to save your energy for the final battle. No, I think yeah. it was
1: Mars who says that. Was it Mars?
2: Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: Venus is she next. She takes out the second.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Venus is next, and she goes pretty quickly. Like, mm-hmm. there's not uh, a lot of... a. F- a fight we have with Venus and I don't know if it's because we don't know her as as well as the other ones but I feel like uh Mercury and Mars especially have a, a bit of a longer battle with their Yuma and yes. Venus is just like there and gone and and we don't even see like half of her battle
3: happens inside like out, out of view of the audience
0: like we don't yeah. even
3: get to see what little of it there is
0: yeah um Although I like Crescent Beam at point blank range. I'm like, yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That was effective. Uh and then we have the battle with Mars. And Mars' battle, I think, is Mercury's as was very impactful, but I think Mars's is actually probably the most. Yeah. Because Mars knows this is it for her. And Mm -hmm. Moon is like begging her, don't don't go. Like, forget about it. We'll go back. It's okay. And Mars is like, nope, I'm not going to die. We'll be fine. And she takes out two, which I'm super impressed with Mars for that. Mm-hmm.
1: And when she goes into it, she goes into it very lightly, which I think is very much like Ray just trying to be strong. She's yeah. like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll just handle these two and we'll be done.
0: Right. Yeah. And like. She saves Sailor Moon like without basically she's she's fighting one yuma in that mountain of ice and then basically has enough energy and power to notice that usagi's or moon sailor moon's about to get attacked and zaps the other one and it's just i love that final battle for her it's just so it really shows how determined she is and how powerful she is and how yeah i just it's so good (laughs) Especially
3: after all the times um, that she and Usagi are fighting and that the others, in particular, that the other scouts are suggesting that she doesn't like Usagi or that she doesn't care about Usagi or that she Mm. wants to be the boss. Mm -hmm. Um, Just as kind of her saying, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, bitchy, but uh, I'm your girl to the end, right? Like. And to me, the most heartbreaking part of this
2: entire episode was when she tells Usagi in her dying breath, saying that she should have kissed Uchiro. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Uh, Because that to me was so layered because it seemed like she genuinely meant it. But it seemed like she was also saying it to tell Usagi, like, give her the confidence to let her know, like, you were right. Like, you said it as a joke, but you were right. It just, that was heartbreaking to see.
3: Yeah.
0: This whole, uh. I'm like, I was like practically in tears by the end of this. And then we got Sailor Moon, who's now all of her, her, the, the people who are her, her confidence and her strength, who, who support her, it's all, all her supports are gone. And she's just like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yep. She is alone. Or she thinks she is yeah. for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, and then we have her, her ghostly friends come back, which is very sweet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And to to give her the, the confidence and the courage to keep going. And it's, mm-hmm. that's basically the end of this episode. It's just, mm-hmm. this whole episode is just like right in the feels every step of the way.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I loved... The Deke version, when I was a teenager and it first came out, but to see the original, oof, mm-hmm. so much more. It's just it, it's so hard to watch it, because it genuinely felt like I was watching something new, even though I had seen those ori- the original Deke version with the two episodes cut into one so many times before, it genuinely felt like something new, because they just cut out so much to reduce it to one episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think there was so much that they couldn't show in North America. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the the Deke version of the final two. Like like Karina was saying, it feels like it's, it's like a totally different episode, and I think that what they did to make it acceptable for North American audiences, they did a good job of it. It didn't feel cut and paste. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's very up. Beat,
2: whereas watching the original Japanese version is very sad and has some hills and valleys where it's just pretty much upbeat in the U.S. version.
0: Yeah, the way I think that North American culture versus Japanese cultures go through the like final heroes, like the, the, the final battle of the hero is that in North American audiences, it tends to be. The hero is confident, the hero is powerful, the hero is sure of themselves and like very generally speaking and, and just heads into the battle and is like, I will defeat you. And I feel like in Japanese culture, based on what I've observed from anime and manga, there's a lot of stripping the hero down to mm. almost nothing and then having the hero have to build themselves up to regain that confidence to make that final battle. And I honestly as a story I like that better. I really like having to see the hero uh, struggle to do this monument it makes the ending more monumental and is much more of an achievement I think yeah to see them have nothing and still succeed. Mm-hmm. Oof. This episode is heavy. Yep, it's so it was. heavy. Can we eat some chocolate now? So I, can, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want me to go through some of the deke changes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, like there's deke
1: changes because the deke changes are both episodes, right? Yeah. But for this that... episode...
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: The she didn't die, right? I think that's no. the biggest part.
0: Yeah. Um... So that shot that they had of the doom and the gloom girl um, where Mars dies... She's standing up and it looks like she's holding a bag that has, I always interpreted it as a bag with with her vines. And in the Japanese one, the next shot is Mars coming up, being held by the vines. They use that one shot of the monster holding the quote unquote bag to show Sailor Moon, look, we've captured your friend. And I like that they did that because... Mm -hmm. It, like they it tied it together nicely. Like like I said before, they did a good job of making these two episodes into one cohesive episode. Um, and the ghosts uh, were not in um the final episode. Like the scene where the spirits came to talk to Sailor Moon was removed, but mm-hmm. they did show up in the Sailor says segment, which is weird. <laughs> that is weird. That is weird. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the end of this episode, um Usagi's alone. She's got her a little bit of confidence left to face Beryl. And then uh we get into the the final battle. But first let's have some chocolate because we need to pick me up after this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so um we have a variety of Cape Cat today because, you know, we need a lot of chocolate. Uh I think we talked I talked more about the history of flavored Kit Kats in episode 7, so I thought I'd take it like really far back um, (laughs) to where Kit Kat originated in 1911. Um, It was originally a round tree confection, and the classic red wrapper that we know and like think of the signature Kit Kat today didn't start until after the Second World War. So I'm actually looking at some pictures on Wikipedia right now of the um, Kit Kat wrappers from during the war. And they're light blue, which is a little weird. And it kind of looks like um, a a bar of soap, like in its packaging.
0: (laughs) Well, This uh, salt lychee one kind of looks like a bar of soap, too. It's Mm -hmm. white chocolate. Oh, it smells good.
1: It is. So I also have salt lychee as well. And I have not tried it
0: before smells super good It kind of smells perfumey
1: It does smell perfumey It kind of reminds me Like this lychee has like a very um, distinct smell Uh, A couple of episodes Earlier on we did um, lychee chips Yeah. And it has like that same floral kind of smell
0: This is really good with the white chocolate Mm. Because it does have that florally Perfumey kind of scent and taste But the white chocolate does a good job Of not making it overpowering so the gold Kit Kat, it almost has kind of a light toffee flavor. Oh,
2: mm. mm. it reminds me a little bit of Tim Hortons. If you were to get like an English toffee or a French vanilla cappuccino, it almost reminds me of that, but not with a coffee snack flavor.
0: Oh, I'm going to try that. <laughs> mm. Mm. OK, so, so I Liz-
3: have salt lemon, which Jen says is good, but I am skeptical. Um, and mm. I have strawberry, which I'm hoping tastes like strawberry quick. It Mm. certainly smells like strawberry quick.
2: Yum. I have high hopes for your strawberry.
3: Mm. All right.
0: Mm.
2: All right. I'm going to try my Kit Kat cookie dough. This one's a chunky one. So it seems to be the same as a regular Kit Kat, except there's a cookie dough
0: layer. Ooh. Ooh. I'm eating another salt lychee because they're really good. You're right, the salt lemon is very good. Isn't, Isn't it? It tastes like lemon-drying pie. Yeah, it's delicious. Okay, mm-hmm. so the chunky cookie dough,
2: I don't think I'm as much of a fan of the chunky bar because I really like all the thin wafers for the Kit Kat. This is a bit too much chocolate, but it's very cookie dough-flavored. Cool. Mm-hmm. hmm And because I couldn't decide, I also have a chunky caramel one. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Why not? Why not? I will probably eat the three full bars at some point.
0: It's our finale, so, you know, we might as well go all out.
2: (laughs) I'm eating my feelings after the first episode.
3: (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Did you try the strawberry one yet, Liz? The strawberry is pretty good. It doesn't quite taste like strawberry quick. It's interesting. It's kind of... Kind of florally in the chocolate, and then you get like a really strong strawberry flavor towards the end. Hmm.
1: Does it have like strawberry flex in it or is it just like a smooth pink chocolate?
3: It does have strawberry flex in it. Interesting. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Quite is- enjoyable. The caramel is nice. It's kind of a cross between a Twix and a Mars bar. Hmm.
1: Huh.
2: I don't know. I just, again, though, I find it's the chunky, the chocolate ratio is a little high. I'm liking just the gold better because it's more the typical Kit Kat style.
1: So the cookie dough and the um, caramel were both the chunky style and then the gold was mm-hmm. the traditional, like, Correct. four pieces? Okay. Yeah. Mm.
2: I would definitely buy the gold again. It's an interesting flavor.
0: Mm-hmm. I would buy the salt lychee again. I like I think I, okay so we have the like the little snack ones for the salt lychee.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know if I would eat like a full bar of it cuz it is a little perfumey. It is. But yeah. I just ate 3 of the little packets and that was me fun. too. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I like- the same about the
3: um strawberry. You know, the same I have the snack size so I ate one of those and one of the salt lemon, and the salt lemon I would eat a whole bar. Oh yeah. But the strawberry I like. I would like it in in small amounts.
0: Mm-hmm. Agree. Mm-hmm. So I earlier, I really want to try the gold one.
1: In the week, I picked up like a hazelnut one. That one was really good, Ooh. and I thought I would just eat. Okay, it was like a huge bar. So they have like these the bars and I don't know how many pieces are in it, but it's definitely more than four. They're like, it's almost like a family size and I'm pretty sure I ate that one in almost one sitting. It was so good.
2: Is it wrong if I buy that for my family and eat it all myself in one go? Asking for a friend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Asking for a
2: friend? It's
1: not, because I definitely did that this week.
2: (laughs) Tracy, I appreciate the permission.
3: (laughs) Yep. So Kit
1: Kat's a snack favorite on Sailor Snacking.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: because I, there's so many flavors.
2: I have to say, I'm very excited that we did eat the Kit Kat because
0: I am feeling a little better now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, with that little bit of a sugar pick-me-up, we'll get into the light-hearted final episode of Sailor. Where nothing oh. bad could possibly happen to Usagi after the last episode, right? Yeah. Well, nothing. <laughs> Well, I mean, Everyone's like, they have a season,
2: too.
3: So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the children watching this in 1993 didn't know
0: that. Yeah, I guess that's true. that's true. So we're now going into episode 46, the final episode of the first season of Sailor Moon, Usagi's Eternal Wish, A Brand New Life. Oof. And the punches keep on going for poor Sailor Moon. Yes. Yeah, so. Whoa. Yeah. Um. Sailor Moon ends up into the the actual Dark Kingdom. She I love that, like, energy ball that comes and is like, yoink, <laughs> grabs mm-hmm. her. And uh, we see Queen Beryl standing up for, like, the first time, practically. <laughs> and wow, is she tall. <coughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also... I mean, baller move for Beryl. A hawk In yeah. shadow, and then, you know, the shadow moves, and there's freaking Endymion kissing her hand. And I'm like. And, and kneeling. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Beryl, you are awesome. Yeah,
3: that is a yeah. power move. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she's, an, she's an excellent villain. She is a yes.
2: ex- yeah. great. Yeah. And there's so pleasure in her pain. Like, she's just pure
0: evil. Beryl, Nehellenia, and Galaxia are my favorite villains they're the best um uh, yeah so then we see uh that endemian is like now fully fully brainwashed and basically says sailor moon die Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. but yes but he is very evidently brainwashed like you look at him and you Mm -hmm. think brainwashed like there's no subtlety about it it's just he is he is full on brainwashed like yeah. you can yeah. see
1: it in his eyes right
3: yeah it's very much like <laughs> it's very much like when people would become monsters
2: earlier in the season
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but i mean like this episode has endymion like kick her and attack her with a sword and grab her by the neck and it's it's brutal her neck is tiny wrangles her. Yeah. yeah. Like
3: uh, this was violent. I'm glad they cut this part out of the North American.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
3: It's not a thing you'd let your 7-year-old watch kind of deal. Like
2: I'm yeah. glad I didn't see it as a teenage girl. Yeah. Mm.
0: But like the whole time it's like Sailor Moon's not really fighting back until cuz she doesn't really have any powers. Her powers are destructive or healing. Those are really all she's got. She doesn't yeah. really have anything that could knock him down. And the healing doesn't work. Because did she try the healing ahead of time? I don't remember. And yeah, it didn't so
1: work. it's really first. cool what she does. So she uses the refresh power yeah. of the moon stick. And that doesn't work. Um, so, And what Beryl says is that um, Metallia's power is, like, inside him. So that refresh won't work. Yeah. Um, so she's, mm-hmm. what I think is really cool is that she takes the attack from the outside and brings it to the inside. So mm-hmm. she tries to, like, get him to remember with the
2: locket.
0: Oh, but, but no, before that.
2: Yeah, she uses
1: the she tiara She uses before. her tiara. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: And, yeah. like, this is what I was saying about how she's got basically healing and destruction. Like, her tiara, we have seen, basically just annihilates things. It doesn't, like, knock them down or weaken them or t- that too much. So mm-hmm. she's just, like, she's got no choice, but she has to use her tiara to, to get Endymion to stop. Mm-hmm.
1: But she's used it before in a less impact, like, in a less destructive way. Yeah. So yeah. there was um, one of the rainbow crystal
3: monsters. She put it yeah. on his forehead. Oh, right. yeah.
1: Yeah. So she was mm-hmm. able to do that. And then she was also able to stop it when um, Naru steps in front of... um maxfield stanton what's his (laughs) name again? nephrite nephrite so how
0: could you forget (laughs) nephrite but like the look on usagi's face when she throws the tiara is like it's like horror she she's just like this is the absolute last thing i want to do to you but you've given me absolutely no choice
1: But she's still able to stop it, right? So we don't actually know it's a tiara until it stops its, like, power thing. Because she doesn't say moon, tiara, magic, or whatever action that she normally does. It's just this ball of light that goes and hits uh,
0: Endymion. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So she might have said something different. (laughs) I honestly don't think she said
0: anything. I think she just threw it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think she did, too. Because we see her tiara like lights up and then she throws yeah. it. She doesn't say It's like say the anything. last ditch, you know,
3: self-preservation thing when there is no option but this. Yeah.
0: And it's uh, like and, instinctual. Yeah. And then we get the, the locket. And mm-hmm. this, for mm. some reason, is a pretty strong memory for me in the deke dub where she's holding it up and she says, all you have to do is touch it. And I don't know why that sticks in my mind so much, but I'm yeah. really glad she doesn't say that in the Japanese one. Yeah. I mean, it's the
2: deepest level of sadness that we see Usagi in because so much she's crying and she's being a crybaby and she's upset, but this is just pure despair. Like, she knows she's got nothing left and this is just her bearing her soul.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. This, this is, is so impactful grieving and, you know, like... Yeah fountains of tears coming out of the sides of her face like this is a a step beyond that a kind of i was thinking about um how different the relationship is between serenity princess serenity and endymion versus usagi and mamoru and they're Mm -hmm. they're different people yeah um, and they love they love each other in very different ways, although the end result is the same. And I think that this it's almost like it's a moment where both people are acting together. Like in in that moment, she is both Serenity and Usagi and Sailor Moon all at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you. So really- she says
1: something interesting that I was like, "Hey, wait!" She says, "Return to kind-hearted person," but yeah.
2: he never was yeah, kind. I know! That yeah, was kind something that a... <laughs> stood out to me, too. And I was like, when was he ever
0: kind to her as Mamoru?
2: <laughs> Never! Never!
3: Never. Never.
0: Never he had his moments. I might be getting caught up in the moment, but he did have his moments where he was kind. And, like, I think we discussed it in an earlier episode about how he may have a little bit of social awkwardness and wasn't sure how to relay his feelings properly. Yeah. Well,
3: he, I I think, like I think, like, he's a pill, but he's, <laughs> you know... He's not Um, malicious. Obviously, I've been in love with him since I was eleven. So, like, (laughs) no, he's a good person, but he's kind of a
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of a good uh, person-ish, (laughs) good-ish.
0: I mean, very immature, certainly. Yeah, I think he's immature. He's a good person when it matters. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not evil, but yeah, I mean, he definitely has room for growth. I mean, I think the thing for me that's
2: really tough here, looking at this, is they really have had no time together. Like, they didn't find pretty much, so they're, they're kind of animus towards each other. And then they finally found out each other's identities. He's quickly swept away and brainwashed. So they've had no time knowing each other's identities, really, as Mamoru and Usagi. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, they're really just relying on their past love in the moon kingdom here.
0: But I what think else? they also had the startings of, as Usagi and Mamoru, they had the startings of a romance before they got their identities revealed to those oh. well, Just no, them. Just hope the more in right. denial. <laughs> yeah,
1: I would say it's more like a friendship.
0: Yeah. They yeah. were in
1: that, that episode where they were getting painted. Yeah. Um, that's like the only time they ever really interacted e- with each other without, like, insulting each other the entire time.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's what I was taking as kind of like the beginning of of a quote unquote romantic relationship, but I mean it had not definitely not developed to dating even. Yeah, it was more yeah, he like. Was, and this yeah. is still when he's dating Ray. I think that yeah.
1: him dating Ray is so important to the plot because maybe if he wasn't dating Ray, something may have happened between them. Mm, that's but true. Like, Usagi's very protective of Rei, um, especially when uh, she thinks that Mamoru might be, like, cheating or, like, off with another woman, right?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't even cross her mind that he is a dating
0: option. <laughs> yeah. Right, because he's mm-hmm. off limits because he's he belongs to her friend, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah which is nice. I mean it's good that she's got that and she's not like jealous or anything but and also like we said before when when Ray realizes who Mamoru and Usagi are in their past lives and she just steps aside without a fight, which is also yeah. very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he touches the locket and he goes back to being himself and then immediately gets impaled again, which is what the third time yeah. Yeah, that is the third time, <laughs> but he manages to kill Beryl, which I which don't think awesome. was in the deke dub. She, I don't think she was killed. She was just, I guess, hit or I don't even know if she was if they showed her getting hit with the rose in the deke dub.
1: I think I she's think... like her body's being transformed like her. Yeah, her person facade gets broken. That's what it looks like anyways.
0: Mm-hmm. Like her,
1: her human looks get destroyed.
0: Because in in the Japanese one, she's she's saying you know like my body is destroyed and she goes to Beryl and to beg for help. Um, but I, I sorry, she goes to Vitalia to beg for help. But I really don't think that happened in the Deke dub. And I'm trying to remember how I don't think it they did. did that scene. Like obviously she got hit because she sinks through the floor, but I don't remember anything of her. I'm- like dying. I don't even
2: remember Queen Metallia being in the Deke dub. Like I think she they wasn't... just kind of left her out entirely. Yeah,
0: she was just the mega force or something like that. Yeah, the, like power yeah. Of which, the yeah. which that
2: change I think still worked. Like I was okay with Beryl being the big bad and not being someone controlled by something else that's badder and bigger. Me
3: than Me too. Because
0: she's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. She didn't need to have a boss, right? It could have just been Beryl as the the boss. Totally. Um. So Beryl goes to get a power up, and Mamoru dies. And then we have another sad scene for Usagi, where she's going to kiss him but doesn't, because none of her friends got to kiss the boys they loved before they died. Yeah, I thought that was really really
1: weird. (laughs) I was okay, so I thought that that is okay. So we always think like they're acting a lot older than they actually are, Mm -hmm. but that's a very fourteen-year-old girl kind of thing to say, right? Yeah, your, your best friends are. Are your most important people at that age. And you know. I don't want to kiss a boy. If my friends aren't kissing their boys. Right.
0: I, so that, I thought it was very
1: back, Yeah it yes. brings it back. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to see like they are still very young.
0: And yeah. innocent. And innocent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely the innocence. And also yeah like you were saying. Is that she's putting. The, the love and memory of her friends. Above the love of. Uh, Mamoru. Yeah, above her love for Mamoru, which we can argue is just starting to form because she's got these she's sorting out her reality from her past life. Right. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, maybe she doesn't even realize and this might be giving her too much credit, but maybe she doesn't even realize how much she loves him versus how much Serenity loves Endymion. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm.
3: that that's. But also he's dead. She barely knows him.
0: In yeah.
3: that way. And but I mean, he was dead. probably
0: still warm at that point.
3: That's so gross. <laughs> yeah. Am I, I mean, right? Does, a, does I mean, any 14 year old girl kiss a dead body? Mm-hmm. No. 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 <laughs> I mean,
2: but at least they have kissed before, so.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. she was kind of drunk and mostly unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that yeah, had that was that.
2: Uh, not his finest moment. <laughs> I mean, an array of options. That one was definitely not his finest moment.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think, like, one thing I wanted to point out is that Endymion seems like he really cares about her. Because he tells her to turn away. So instead Mm -hmm. of going off to fight Beryl, he's like, go find yourself a cool boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was very sweet. And I think the nicest thing he could have ever said to her, especially in that moment. Like, run away and save yourself. I did like that.
2: But then her response that she's like, no one's cooler than you. And I was like, yeah. Okay. That yeah, was a 14-year-old's response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My 40-year-old think... self was not thinking that he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maxfield Stanton <and> enough, right? however.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh
2: My 40-year-old self approves of him.
0: <laughs> but I'm like, we really see compared to last episode where Sailor Moon was like, watching her friends die and and like ready to give up everything just so that her friends would stop dying and now she's at the point where everybody's dead and she doesn't sit there and cry she doesn't go off and mope she's like Mm -hmm. i gotta end this and whether whether i die doing it or i succeed it doesn't matter i gotta do it and she's got this like steel resolve right now Mm -hmm. which is really fantastic um And it really, it makes me proud of her (laughs) that she's still able to go forward after seeing, you know, the five people she likes the most die.
2: (laughs) I mean, she literally has nothing left by that point.
0: No. Well, I mean, she's got her family.
1: She's got, like, nothing to lose, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think she understands that if she doesn't fight now, like, the other people she cares about in her life, like Mm -hmm. her family and Naru,
3: will die. Yeah. yeah, and I think that she's like you say she's in total despair, and she's ready to die, but she's going to take them down
0: with her. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she's got the steel resolve that she's got. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Watching the because I watched just the end of the Deke version, just the carry on song, oh, and song.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so good.
2: And they really emphasize that at the end there that she's not scared anymore, which definitely I think was still something they took from the Japanese because i think she just has nothing left to lose so why be scared because you know the worst has already happened
0: mm-hmm. so the battle between um they call her super barrel in this uh fandom page the uh, wiki uh, but basically Metalia infused barrel <laughs> mm-hmm. she's, she's scary huge and awesome looking and then yeah. we got this fantastic battle where um Sailor Moon becomes Princess Serenity in order to, I guess, fully use the crystal. And mm. but right before the battle even starts, we get cut back to Artemis and Luna. Mm-hmm. And they can sense that the crystal is going to be used. And in the in the clip of Carry On that we were watching on YouTube, because that was an awesome song, mm-hmm. they're both like, you can do it, Usagi, you'll be fine. And in the Japanese one, luna is crying begging usagi don't use the silver crystal because you'll die and i'm like like even even luna and artemis who are nowhere near there know that you know Mm
3: -hmm. we're at
0: we're at the end game and like it's a yay or nay situation and they they still even though they know what will happen if usagi Mm -hmm. does not use the crystal they don't want her to use it because they don't want her to die and i'm just like oh kitties yeah, and
2: I mean, and I mean, her not using the crystal is literally Metalia destroying the entire world and they're dead, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But they have already seen Queen Serenity do it on the Moon Kingdom and what happened. Mm. And they're like, the Moon Kingdom was still destroyed. So maybe they're thinking, you know, like, she's going to use a silver crystal and she's going to die and the world is still going to end. I mean, yeah. I, 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 they're just so emotional in that moment that they they don't really think logically about how one way or another they're both going to die. They just don't want her to die, mm-hmm. right? Which just so sweet. Yeah, it is. Then we have yeah. the most awesome fight scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much yeah. with ghosts. Yeah,
1: <sighs> yeah, with ghosts. So I think what's really cool is Barrel's first attack just creates like a platform for, yeah. For, Sailor Moon to fight on which was awesome She like took that energy And was like you know what
0: I'm going to turn into a princess And <laughs> fight on this platform Yeah So if you go to the uh, I just sent you guys the link But if you go to the Sailor sailormoon.fandom.com wiki uh, Page for This episode The image that they have at the top For this episode is of Princess Serenity with her four Friends Uh, standing around her, giving them her power to fight Super Barrel. Um, And Karina drew this picture for me when we were in high school. And I had it hanging on my wall for years. And I wish I still had it. I don't know where it could have gone. I can't imagine I got rid of it, but I'm going to look for it. And honestly, this (laughs) picture now is like my high school. (laughs) My high school I'm sure it was poorly drawn, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was gorgeous. I had, I remember it was hanging on my bedroom wall under my window where I could see it every day. (laughs) You're so sweet.
2: (laughs) Um, I'm going to, Pause a second for the Sailor Moon talk here to come back to something I've come talked about on this podcast before. But Joss Whedon totally watched this.
3: There's oh my no god! Really oh my god! It's so true.
2: Season one and season two. So let's start <laughs> off just with the white dress, which Buffy dies in a white dress at the end of season one. Which I found out from listening to buffering the Vampire Slayer, which is my second favorite podcast after this one of course (laughs) that that dress was actually something that was made for the character so it wasn't purchased they made it and it's very similar in the shape and the flow to the princess serenity dress that's season one and buffy does die there Mm -hmm. and then season two The whole endemian line was also bringing that up to me because the end of season two in Buffy, spoilers if you haven't watched an episode from 1997, (laughs) is Angel has to kill Buffy and at the very end of the battle, Angel's about to overpower her and he comes up. And he just taunts her as Angelus and says, like, no friends, no family, what's left? And she just grabs his sword with her hands and says, me. It felt very parallel to Serenity, Sailor Moon in this battle as well too like it just was so many parallels so Joss Whedon if you could please just confirm that you were influenced by Buffy (laughs) and that you watched it it's okay that you were a grown man doing this you pulled out a lot of great things and you were already in line because the Buffy movie when it came out at the same time as the original manga and this cartoon it's okay that you took those references because it's all the same fans we all love it so
3: right now. <laughs> I I am just recently have been watching Buffy re-watching Buffy and I was s- struck I was particularly struck by how similar um, this is to uh, Buffy having to kill angel uh, mm-hmm. and it was it's interesting I because it's very similar and I'm looking at the Sailor Moon manga and it goes, this this whole last battle goes down very, very differently in the manga. So, oh. I mean, decision was made to when they did the anime to, to make these changes that were then very obviously used again by <laughs> Joss Whedon in 1997 with, to great effect, to great effect, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, although, I mean, Angel, so whiny. Spike, Spike, all the way. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yes. Thank you. He's just so whiny. Like, oh my gosh. T-
2: <laughs> agreed. Spike all the way. Like, agreed. Thank you. It's so validating to know that someone else feels this way. Yes. Team Spike.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm Team Spike too.
2: Everybody is. Everybody is.
1: I
0: mean, uh, I hate yeah.
2: Angel so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, I hate him less than Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I don't know. I mean they both like
1: their young blonde girls. Yes, they yeah.
3: do.
1: I don't know. I think I hate Angel more.
0: Yeah, I think I hate Angel more too. Mm-hmm. He was okay on Angel because he wasn't so whiny. Yes, agreed. You don't find Angel whiny? Oh, I mean, he's super whiny. Yeah, that's why I hate him so much. I'm just like, oh God, stop moping. Yeah, he reminds me of Ross on friends. Well, yes. I also hate. <laughs> well, he is a, a bit better looking than Ross on Friends. Oh, though. he's a million times better looking. <laughs> but his attitude yeah. is just like, yeah. oi. So, yeah, Except for Ross hit. in the
2: leather pants. I'll give him points. He looked in those. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> this has been your uh, 90s nostalgia rant. <laughs> or yeah, <tangent>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alright, let's, let's, well, let's finish off this episode. So they kill... Queen Beryl, they stop Metallia, and Sailor Moon dies. Yes. Sailor Moon collapses, she's staring up at the sky and she says thank you, but as this, like, the energy from the crystal keeps glowing, you kind of hear Sailor Moon's wish for Mm -hmm. how she wishes her life could have been, and her old life. Yep. And then to being normal. This is the part where we gotta figure out what the hell happened, because (laughs) then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's the next day and everything's back to normal. Usagi Usagi gets up, she runs back to school. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. She goes to school with Naru. The kid, the, the kitties are still there, or Luna and Artemis are still there, and they're like, "Oh, it's a shame that they don't remember anything."
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she still has her run in with Mamoru with her test, like in the first episode. Like, like, have we gone back in time? Yes. yes this is or... my question because I. I think in the deke dub, they had them go back in time, but watching this in the Japanese one, I didn't get that sense. No. It almost felt like it was kind of a
3: men in black style memory erasure. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. I have the question, did they memory erasure everyone? Or do yeah. they just, do they then, do they remember that there are superheroes named sailor or whatever, but they don't remember that they are those superheroes? Like, yeah. Oh so, yeah like what the hell happened I, <laughs> I don't know
2: i mean i love her dying wish i think it's so sweet and it's so different because the north american one with carry on is so powerful and it's upbeat and it's just like oh sailor moon wins and then they're then they have all their memories wiped this is cool and they can start again or they don't even get into that actually you don't find that up to the second season that they don't have their memories they just end it like she's won the battle in the <clears> deal <throat> yeah, no the, whereas the this is it- just sad like everyone's
0: died including sailor moon no like you said like they went back in time so they have to redo the year but it doesn't feel like they did that in the japanese version it feels like because minako's there and you know Mm -hmm. so like shouldn't she be in london
2: yeah exactly and when Genevieve and i were watching this and i said the same thing i said you know i've only watched the deke version of season two But, like, Uchiro's still there, so if they're redoing the year, shouldn't he be showing up again versus he's already present and known? Yeah. Like, I think they just got their memories wiped. I think that was it, but it's still the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. they
0: probably, we feel like they probably didn't lose any time. But, yeah, like you said, every memory they had of knowing each other, of being Sailor Senshi, of -hmm. doing any fights or monsters, for everybody who had anything to do with Sailor Moon, I think, got erased. Mm-hmm. So all of Naru's trauma's gone. I guess she forgets Nephrite completely. Oh, well, that's um, good. Which that's is probably nice. good for her. But then, like, episodes, like, when they went on the ski trip with Yuichiro, like, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that it, in Ray's memory and Yuichiro's memory, it was just the two of them who went on the ski trip together, and the other girls weren't even there. Um, uh, and, yeah. you know, things like that. Oh. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Stuff is fed to the void fish. My God. like yeah. So like that creepy episode where for some reason they go on a vacation to the monster house. Oh, I assume yeah. that just never yeah. happened. right? Because, and, and that was just the girls, right? And yeah. and I
2: was thinking about it. Because when Genevieve and I watched this yesterday to get ready. And we were just kind of talking. And you had mentioned Genevieve's like, thing. Like, well, do they just have like these big gaps in their memory? And it just got me thinking, like, well, you know what? Like, if you ask me about this day 12 months ago. I wouldn't remember all the details of the day, so I wouldn't necessarily notice that chunks of it were missing.
0: Yeah. Hell, if you ask me about, like, what happened two days ago, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I mean,
2: I probably can't remember
1: yesterday, so. But, okay, so she kind of remembers something, though. It's almost like a dream, because she has that, like, flashback at the end where she's, like, having this dream of this really cool guy.
0: Yeah. And she still has her locket, which means she still has the crystal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm positive for the deke version they did have them go back in time. But I think that was just the creation of the deke. I really think that it's just a memory wipe. Yeah. Yes. In
0: the Japanese. I think it's a memory right. wipe. And I think part of the reason why it was a memory wipe is because of Usagi's wish. Like, while she's mm-hmm. dying, she's wishing for this to go back to normal and to have a normal life. But she doesn't really go into any kind of like details for the crystal. She's not like, I wish that we go back in time to this day and nothing of this happened, or I wish that we go back that we start over, but I still remember all my friends. So it's like the crystal has to fill in the blanks for what she wants.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she's dying. (laughs) And I don't think she's wishing it thinking it's going to happen or that the that crystal too. has that power. Mm-hmm. I think she's just literally thinking like, I wish I could just have a normal life because this has all been too much and too overwhelming.
0: Yeah, it was too much of a sacrifice for everybody to die, including her probably, although she didn't probably mm-hmm. didn't think that. But like she wishes everybody could have their normal life again and not have died for this. But I and, don't yeah.
3: think she's thinking it in a really negative way. No. Like she is, she is like, she, this is too much and it's has overwhelming, but she is okay with what she has ha- sacrificed to get
0: here. Yeah, she's, definitely. It's, yeah. It's like, like a whimsical wish.
3: Yeah. Cause and I don't think
0: she thinks, despair-ish. like you said, I don't think yeah. she thinks that the crystal will actually do anything. I think it's just as she's dying and is like, that was that was good. I'm glad we succeeded. I'm glad the evil has ended. I wish that it didn't have to come to this. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then that's what the crystal, unbeknownst to her, picks up and is like, oh, all right, I'm going to reset the timeline. Boop. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. she doesn't know the full power of the crystal. No. I mean, I she's had this
2: story of Queen Serenity when her mother on the moon did had them all reincarnated. But that was very intentional on her end. Yes. And I don't think this was in Usagi's.
0: And Usagi still was not able to harness, as far as she knows, the full power of the crystal. Mm-hmm, so true. I don't I don't think that it occurred to her that her dying wish would come would happen. I think it nope. was just like you said, she yeah. was just dying, and that's what she thought as she died. Um But good for us that, you know, the crystal did reset everything because that means we get a season two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's kind of weird. Oh god, season two is messed up. Yeah.
2: Oh man, I remember the beginning of season two,
3: um, where we just that. like depart from the from the manga altogether yeah. for a brief period.
0: So we kind of briefly mentioned it. I just want to go back to the song that they played. Yeah. So in the Japanese version, <laughs> when uh, Serenity is fighting Beryl, they basically play the the uh, Moonlight uh, Legend, the the theme song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I got to say for the Deke dub is that it does have Mm -hmm. some really good music every once in a while. Uh, When she's transformed into the princess and they play My Only Love. Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. that song. This one where she's fighting Beryl and they play Carry On. It's a fantastic song. Please go on YouTube and if you haven't listened to it. um, And then the other song that sticks in my memory is Rainy Day Men, which we get in season two, I think.
2: Yeah, I really have to give the Deke version points for the songs. I don't think, I mean, I do definitely prefer the Japanese version now that I've seen the first season, but I do have to give the Deke version points for music. They do win there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I kind of give the Deke version of of Sailor Moon a lot of slack for uh, what they changed and what they did to it. But, I mean, as we have mentioned before on this podcast and in this episode even, they had to do what they had to do in order to make it appropriate for a completely different culture and audience
1: and audience
0: for sure yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and I remember
2: hearing when I was watching this in the 90s that there had been complaints from Japanese parents that the Sailor Scouts had died and that their children found it disturbing so I think even as much as Sailor Moon was intended for an older audience than it was in North America I think Mm -hmm. it was still embraced by children like it was
3: here yeah I agree. Yeah. I that's really true.
0: Whew. So that's the end of season one. We made it. Mm-hmm. Um, doing I, I did not think we wouldn't. A... No, but doing <laughs> two episodes at a time really kind
2: of helps move it along. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 46 episodes is a long season. Like most it's... North American shows are, what, 22?
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in their 20s. So it's it's like twice as long as a regular TV show, I would think.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very long. I think that it was also because when this was airing, uh, the manga wasn't finished yet. So, and, like we mentioned before, mm-hmm. that's why you have that weird Alan and Anne part for the beginning of R is because I don't think uh, Naoko Takeuchi had fully finished the season, the season mm-hmm. two arc yet in the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also why we end up with like the rainbow crystals in this one because I don't think she had finished um, season one at the time. I mean, I could this could be an internet rumor. I'm not entirely sure. But um, there's definitely a bit of padding, and I I like the padding. I mean, we've talked about it, but I do appreciate the padding. It gets you more time to love the characters, and for you to uh, get to know everybody, and for them to get to know each other too. Um, so I, this is this season is always so dear to my heart. <laughs> yeah,
2: I have yeah. to say, like I have been watching a little bit of Crystal just to see it, and I. As much as I think some parts of season one in this version do drag a bit, I do prefer the pace. I do prefer it's a little slower and you get to explore a bit more. Because Crystal moves so, so quickly. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Yeah. It does. Like we were talking um, last week about how, you know, season one of the anime goes up to partway into volume three of the manga. So like this happens very quickly in the manga and crystal is based much close, more closely to the manga. So it's, it's fast, fast paced.
1: It'll be interesting to see if when watching and reviewing crystal, how much is, has changed and how we feel about the characters given that we don't get a lot of time to really get to know them in mm-hmm. crystal um so that comparison will be
2: really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah tracy i'm really interested because i know you're a big fan of ray and she's very different in this original japanese version versus crystal so i'm really interested to hear your take on that yeah i honestly still pretty cool (laughs) she's still super cool but she's she's a very very different character like i mean they're all different from what i've seen but she is the one that strikes me as the most different in how in her portrayal in this version
0: Ooh. i have not watched very much of crystal and i feel a little bit like a bad sailor moon obsessive person for not watching crystal yet <laughs> but this original one is so so dear to me mm-hmm. that it's almost like another anime well, I don't want to say you're going to ruin my childhood because I don't feel like it will ruin it, yeah. but I almost don't want to mess with the memory I have of the original by putting another animated version into my brain. Right. That being mm-hmm. said, we will watch Crystal. <laughs> um, and for the quote-unquote second season of Sailor Snacking, uh, we will be watching the first season of crystal and kind of going through and comparing in that short the shortened version of season one of crystal with this long version of classic sailor moon so that should be our our, that will be our next season of this podcast so i hope everybody stays tuned for that um any final thoughts on sailor moon classic season one i had one this this show
3: it's like the 22 minutes per episode show and, like, between the f- opening credits, the This Week on Sailor Moon, and her transformation, of that 22 minutes, something like three minutes, over three minutes is given over to, like, repeating mm-hmm. um, stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, like, I, it just kind of boggled my mind. But it also made me think about how much cheaper it is. <sighs> um, <laughs> To yep. be able to use clips over and over and over again um, in the way that when they brought um, Power Rangers to North America, they only refilmed the scenes with the, the kids out of costume. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Just like yeah. It never obviously as a child, it never occurred to me that that could be the case. But yeah. <laughs> now as an adult, it's like, whoa, that's genius. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate yeah. the cheapness. Right? And so, like, here you have, like, it just it impresses on me how expensive it must be to make this show mm.
0: um, in 1993 or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was all basically drawn by hand and in we didn't have computer or digital animation that we have now mm-hmm. uh, i think crystal is largely done digitally i would assume i again have not watched it or done too much research into it but mm-hmm. yeah even that difference between the two like to do yeah. all of these episodes yeah that's what hand. It's like 46 episodes in one season
3: it's like that's a lot
0: mm-hmm. a lot of work yeah so. mm-hmm all right. Anybody else have final thoughts on uh, this season?
1: It was amazing. So
0: good. So good. So the nostalgia, the love for Sailor Moon is all still there for all of us, I think. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think it's like
1: stronger now.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely rekindled. I mean, um, just even looking around my uh, house, uh, you can definitely tell I have a love for Sailor Moon because I have Sailor Moon toys everywhere. <laughs> um but yes this has definitely renewed that passion
3: yeah yeah for
2: sure. same I mean I've always loved anything with stars and moons but this year especially with 2020 because we're still in 2020 when we're recording this has just been such a tough year in so many aspects that it's been really nice reliving something that I just love so much and so fondly from the 90s and especially like Genevieve and I watched this together when we were in high school so it's been so nice to go back and just re-watch these and enjoy something that was from a little bit of a simpler time
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely
3: definitely I, I as I told you last week recently acquired all of Sailor Moon on DVD um, I'm very excited uh, and I'm really excited to re-watch it with my sister because we watched it together in the 90s. And mm-hmm. that was when we had first moved to Canada. So it will be really exciting to watch it again. And with especially with this new dub, um, because this includes the new Biz Media dub. Um, because I think she'll really like it, like it. I mean, I think she'll think it's silly. It's Sailor Moon. But... She's she's not as nerdy as me, um, but I think she'll like it and the representation of women and gay women and it's uh it's fun and Ray is such a badass she'll love it.
0: <laughs> All right, well, I just wanted to say thank you very much to uh, Liz and Karina for joining us for this special final episode and. Uh, all of our listeners for listening to Sailor Snacking Season 1 so I hope that you rate and review us on whatever your podcast uh, thing of choice is, app, I don't know what do the cool kids call it these days? Catcher. There you go (laughs) but um,
1: feel free to recommend snacks and then maybe we can try them and review them on the show
0: yes yeah Because as I mentioned, we will be back and we will be listening or we will be watching uh, the first season of Sailor Moon Crystal. So you can uh, always follow us on Instagram at Sailor Snacking. Um, You can email us at truenorthnerds at gmail.com because we are still kind of piggybacking off of True North Nerds, which is the other podcast that I do with uh, Brent and Ryan and Kevin. Um, And you can follow us on Facebook at True North Nerds. Uh, We don't post a whole ton of Sailor Moon stuff on the Facebook page. Most of it is on the Instagram. But uh, every once in a while, I throw some links up there. So, again, thank you for listening. Let us know what you think. Should we keep going? Should we not keep going? Do you not like this? We're going to keep going anyway. Yep, definitely. (laughs) We have fun doing it, and that's what matters. So, we will be back with another season of Sailor Stacking very soon. Thank you very much, and keep watching. Listening, all of it. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye. Bye.